Hello, and welcome to the Macaw Podcast Universe. This is the podcast where we exist to prove people wrong when they say that sequels are never better than the originals. And we're diving into a brand new series. We just got cut up and eaten with Hannibal, and now <laughs> we are stalking the night with Batman. Yes. And so that means today we're jumping into Tim Burton's Batman from 1989. And with us, we have two incredible guests. We have Kevin and Will Hines from Screw It, We're Just Gonna Talk About Comics, an amazing podcast that I've been binging like crazy, and if you like comic books, or even if you don't, you gotta check it out. Welcome, guys. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for giving me top listing over Will. That was nice. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I hope I'm not in trouble I noticed that, that. too. No, no, you've you've started a thing. Yeah. It's gonna be a fight between me and Kevin. It gives me the power, at least for this weekend now, I'm gonna ride that. Yep. I'm gonna ride that high for a couple days. Yeah, you got the you power should. for a yeah. little while. Mm-hmm. I'll win it back. Yeah, it's a it's a tug <laughs> of war. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I will say about I have listened to your podcast too. I am not a comic book person very mm-hmm. much. I grew up reading comic strips more okay. than anything. Okay. Um, but listening to your podcast, it is still for someone who hasn't read it. It's very enjoyable. And I just oh, I thank you. I don't even remember which one I was listening to because I'm not familiar with any of them, but it's just fun to listen to you guys talk about kind of like how like ridiculous some of the characters are (laughs) or like an issue that they're in. Yeah. 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 We love that stuff Uh, too. We find it all ridiculous and yet we also love it with the sincerity. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I can't uh, understand why we can do both those things, but we do. We think it's silly. And then we also go like, but it's also perfect. Right. (laughs) Yeah, right. they'll be the most ridiculous villain, like a giant robot called the Living Brain that is slow <laughs> and weird and should not be a threat. And we'll laugh at it. But you know what? I love that it's issue. It's a great issue. And I love the Living Brain. <laughs> Salute to teenagers. Yeah. Well, and, yeah, and right. I know that you guys are years away from when you did your amazing Spider-Man run, but I'm experiencing it for the mm-hmm. first time. And the Living Brain issue, having reread it recently, I was like, man... This plot is wild. And this yeah. is such a non-scary villain. <laughs> yeah. This computer on wheels. And it was one of the funniest episodes. Well, you know, re- re- reading old comics is like watching old movies. You have to sort of like put yourself in that time period to understand the priorities of the story, sort of. Like, yeah. You know, reading an old issue with Spider-Man, Spider-Man was not yet this like institution that was the basis of like movies and tv shows and toys it was a superhero that was a year and a half old and they were trying stuff out like, so they, what are we doing this month yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there was a real freedom and a recklessness to it that definitely made for some loopy choices sometimes not to mention it was just the 60s so we're talking 50 <laughs> years out of date and like 45 year old men writing 18 year old uh characters <laughs> Yeah, high schoolers. <laughs> really, it's a miracle that it worked at all yeah. when we when we stack right. all those things up. But we still we still love. Yeah. It. I mean, we're biased, but we would tell anybody to read those early Spider-Man stories. Yeah. Well, and and I think that's a, actually a really good transition into this movie because this is um, pretty much 
I mean, we could talk about Superman and uh, the Donner Superman, but I feel like this is really the uh, blockbuster superhero tentpole beginning of this whole time that we live in is the Batman I, movie. I agree. Yeah, it, it was a it was a watershed milestone movie. It, it was. I would say like the tentpoles are Superman, then this Batman movie, and then probably the first Spider Man movie, kind of launched it to another level because like this. Batman movie was followed by lots of like mediocre and bad superhero movies, but like before that, yeah. they weren't making them at all. Yeah, right. Th this movie was like so. Kevin and I we saw it opening night together with our other brother Brian and a friend of mine named George, and it was like <laughs> a family event. It was like I was nineteen and Kevin was fourteen or whatever, somewhere around that, and we were unbelievably excited to see this movie. We were ready. I, I recall being ready for like months beforehand. The hype for waiting movie. for the Batman oh, wow. movie. The hype for Batman was unprecedented. Yeah. For a movie that I was still, not I like. I still haven't seen a movie that's been hyped like that. I, I mean, I think like the Star Wars prequels probably had this level of hype, though I didn't affect me as much. But the, the Batman hype off of like no movies. The that's insane. The, the trailer for the Burton Batman movie was like insanely intriguing. I mean, Burton was up. Uh, huge right he had done yeah Pee -wee's, Pee wee's big adventure and beetlejuice and edward scissorhands yeah. and was sort of like he was an odd choice to do batman because he wasn't like an i don't know an action guy he was you know he was an artsy fringe right. indie dude yeah right the freak freak kids liked burton or whatever <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so for him to do like a mainstream property was was interesting it was a weird was director fun. a comedic actor in the lead uh, mm -hmm. Danny Elfman had never done like a big budget action movie soundtrack. No, it should. That's is also a movie that should not have worked. And uh, the trailer <laughs> was just all these Tim Burton visuals. You know, if you've seen the movie, they're they're the trailer. You know, it's just these. It's cool shots of Tim Burton's Gotham. You know, this like very highly stylized mm -hmm. throwback uh, world, and like Jack Nicholson who you know, still is a huge star, but at the time was one of the biggest stars in the world, decked out in his Joker makeup. And, but you only got these glimpses and flashes of the visual world for like, I, I for what seemed like months, maybe it was only weeks, oh. but I feel like you'd see like the <laughs> Batman trailer, you know, like six months before and be like, oh my God, oh my God, what is this? <laughs> I, I, I couldn't wait. There was no internet. So you couldn't like look up and rewatch the trailer. There wasn't like really, yeah. even like magazines that would print photos would be like these grainy black and white reproductions that you couldn't really see anything of. But like they covered it on the news. It was big enough. I remember like Batman, Batman's wow. coming was like, you know, the channel four news at seven would talk about Batmania. And um, the main impression of Batman in pop culture was the old um, Adam West, uh, Burt Ward, Bam, Zoom, Pam TV show, Batman, which Kevin and I also loved Love and it. everybody loved. Mm -hmm. And that is still a big thing in pop culture that gets referred to. But like that was what Batman was to the general population. Goofy. Yeah. Toothless. Kids. Yeah. Campy kind of self parody. A great time. But yeah. now, now is this movie that wanted in one fell swoop to erase that and replace it with a weird, you know, illustrator's mm. goth art vision. Man, I, I'm getting excited now. Like, I, <laughs> I watch it right now. We, I don't know if that, that movie would have had to been terrible for us not to like it, at least on opening night. Opening night, we, we were we already were so sold. keyed up. 
it could have been two and a half hours of blank screen and we would have been like, I, I think it was good. Yeah, no, I think <laughs> yeah. they made the right decision. Yeah, that's like when we saw, I mean, when Guardians 2 came out, I went into it like, I don't care. It could be nothing. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to like happy. this movie. Because <laughs> I just love great. these characters so much. Yeah. Both those movies are great. Yeah. It's so yeah, fun. Those are some of our favorites. And from Guardians the One was like MCU. such an insane relief of how fun it was right away. Yes. Like Guardians One. Uh, actually, yeah. I mean, it opens with that very sad sequence of his mother, <laughs> you know, dying. Right. But then it, it goes into this insanely fun opening credits, that hard switch. And I'm like, oh, this movie's going to be yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, I felt for me, I mean, with the Marvel stuff, that I was at a time where I was just so, like, so much fatigue. And I yeah. don't know anything about Guardians. So it was just like, oh, they're fun and they have fun music. Yeah. That's yeah. as simple as I need it to be. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's funny that you mentioned the the Batman hype because in, in doing the research, you know, I was I was watching like behind the scenes and stuff and seeing that it, uh, you know, people were going to movies to buy a ticket, watch the trailer and then just yeah. walking out of the movie like they were doing with Phantom Menace, which exactly. is just insane. Like Kevin You'd said, never it was the only now, way you could see the trailer. And you wanted to, to get another look at it to maybe try to figure out what this shot was and what are they showing me here. Mm -hmm. I mean, on top of that, yeah. people were, like, the big thing was, like, people were shaving bat signals into their heads. Like, that was a big thing. Like, there's a few people in <laughs> yeah. our audience that oh, yeah. had the bat symbol shaved into their head. That's how excited yeah. people were for this movie. And like, we were there opening night. What if it was bad? That guy would have felt like, like crazy. And it was, those opening <laughs> yeah. nights were not. This is a midnight showing on Thursday, which were rare. I feel like at the time they didn't. I had never. I had never heard of it before. We went to. We grew up in Danbury, Connecticut, and the movie theater we saw it at was the Palace on Main Street. Yeah. And so Friday was the day that movies opened generally. So if a movie mm -hmm. came out, you'd go Friday night if you really wanted to see it. And this was the first time that Thursday at midnight. So it's technically like the Friday. Earliest, the earliest possible time yeah. the theater was allowed to show it. And I mean, it was, we were like very rule following kids for us to go see a movie at midnight was even, that was kind of naughty. I, yeah, I mean, even that was sort of <laughs> right, like, right. Cause Brian went and Brian was 12. Like that's pretty young. To, yeah. It's also the palace theater. Wasn't like the nicest place, <laughs> but it was great. Yeah, it was a little rundown. It was, it was, I mean, it, it, it was one of those like used to be a glorious movie theater and had then become sort of rundown. And one screen was chopped into three type of places. Yeah. And like this was yeah. down to Danbury was like, whatever, it's this it's large yeah. town slash small city in Connecticut, unremarkable, but like big enough that it did have sort of, I don't know, bad areas, like economically depressed oh, yeah. neighborhoods. Yeah. And this movie theater was in one of them because it was downtown, yeah. which had been like economically devastated by shopping malls. I mean, this all sounds insane, but in the late eighties, this was like things people talked about. <laughs> the downtowns of places were being ruined yeah. because nobody was going there to shop anymore. So we went to this area at midnight to watch uh -huh. Batman and it kind of added to the mystique. I guess having it. Yeah. I think uh, my, my first midnight showing was I think the dark Knight rises. We went to that. Yeah. That was my first, I did it just now realizing that my first midnight experience was a, a Batman, Batman movie. movie. Ooh, nice. And for me, it was like, that hype was pretty wild for that. It was, too. it was so fun to wait in line for hours. I've never done that before, but yeah. <laughs> I, I know for, for me, I love Burton. He's like one of my favorites, but for some reason I had not seen this movie until like yeah. two years ago. And I don't know why. Wait, was that the first it's time? It's kind of out of his, uh -huh. Oh man. It's out of his, yeah normal thing right like normally he does right. sort of 
dark, twisted versions of kid things is kind of where I think he right. normally lives. In a way, it sort yeah. of ruins him. Like, because he keeps trying to do like when his blockbuster movies are his least exciting movies. It's his mm-hmm. sort of weirder, smaller movies, I think, that are more fun. But every time he tries to do something that's more for everyone, people are like, oh, I didn't like it. It's like, eh, his movies aren't for everyone normally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Batman right, did right. hit. Batman, yeah, Batman was an hit. enormous, yeah. enormous hit. Because then after the movie came out, they still would run the trailer and the commercials on TV would say, how many times have you seen Batman? Remember? Do you remember yeah. that one? Oh, Kevin? wow. Yeah. Um, almost like daring you, but I'd be like three or whatever. Answer <laughs> yeah. the television. Well, I, I remember, so the first time I saw this, I must have been like, I want to say like 10 or 12. Mm-hmm. And it was the first uh, superhero movie I ever saw. Oh, wow. And like the next day, I I had I had my mom help me wrangle up a cape and a little <laughs> mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I created this character named Mysterious Man who could, you know, go through walls and be invisible. <laughs> Little did I know, of course, there's like a thousand heroes who have those powers. And I basically recreated Batman, but with my character all mm-hmm. the time. And then when I saw the Spider-Man movies, all of a sudden, all my villains turned into Spider-Man villains with, you <laughs> know, maybe they're made out of different materials or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, this... This movie, even though I don't watch it often, it's actually a very influential yeah. movie for my imagination. Yeah. And I was just overtaken by Batman. And then, I mean, I love Nicholson in this movie so, oh, so yeah. much. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you guys think. I but love it. I went through a weird thing. Like the first time I, I loved every, the movie was perfect when we first saw it because it was a kid and it was the hype and everything else. And then after a time, I sort of grew bored of it when I was uh, uh, maybe like 10 years ago or whatever. I was like, yeah, it's Okay. And I rewatched it last night, and Jack Nicholson is so fun in this movie. That was my <laughs> yeah. first takeaway. Was like, oh, he's better than I remember in this, and it's also a very different role for him. He's so silly. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't get to be silly it, that much. He would do anything Tim Burton told him. I think, like, but this was the first yes. movie they did together. Uh, is this before Mars Attacks? Way before. I, okay. Yeah, yeah. By the time he did Mars um, Attacks, he was he was, a, he was a Burton guy. He was like. Yeah, I'll play every role if he asks me to. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I mean, he's great. I mean, he stole the movie. Like, I think if Jack Nicholson mm-hmm. is the star and more than Michael Keaton, yeah. although I love I love Keaton's performance, too. But yeah, it's um, it movie. is a weird movie as a story. It's really strange. And like stuff starts and then doesn't get played out. It feels very uneven. Some characters <laughs> yeah, seem yeah. like like Jerry Hall seems like introduced uh, you know, the Joker's girlfriend who he also, I think, like scars her face or something. Yeah. Yes. Like that's not yeah. really told fully. And it's almost like, no, why are you telling us that halfway? And a lot of the signature lines, like when Keaton, as Keaton says to Jack, to the Joker, you want to see that you want to dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. I'm like, what is he, what is that from? Yeah. Right. It's almost like just to pay off that he killed his parents, which is kind of, but I think when I was he, a kid, I watched joke, that the, and I thought, the, "Oh, that's cool." The Joker but says it's a little it to, weird now. The Joker says it to Bruce Wayne. Well, so he shoots Bruce Wayne like, before he shoots Bruce Wayne. He says, "You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight?" Shoots Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne collapses on the ground. He has like a, a serving tray to like catch a plate the bullet or something. Yeah. And then later, and then Bruce Wayne's like, when he says it, Bruce Wayne goes, "What did you say?" And then later on, has a flashback uh, 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 to the death of his parents, where the Joker says that to Bruce Wayne okay. as a child. So that one makes yeah. sense. And then Batman says it again later. That one makes complete sense, other than the fact that 
he only says it to Bruce Wayne the one time. He doesn't say it to any of the other people he kills. <laughs> right, right. That's I say this to all my prey. No, you don't. You said it to one guy twice. <laughs> right. But. Okay, yes. You've done a better job of explaining why it stood out as weird to me. But I, I just remember when I watch it, I'm like, this doesn't quite... And then how does Joker have a gun that shoots a plane? Yeah. Like he, just because it has a long barrel, that's yeah. sort of strange. <laughs> yeah. like that's part- the kind of zany stuff, though, that that makes me, even even though, again, I did not grow up watching, like, uh, in the time that this came out, but it makes me, like, nostalgic for this because, I mean, I feel like the current DC universe, for the most part, is this really dour um, we have to prove to the audience that this is serious. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, I don't know what you guys thought of Joker, but we're not fans of that movie. And it's like the most dour movie in the world. Yeah. Uh, and I'm I, like, wh- where's the fun? <laughs> I, I did I did like that movie, although all my friends tell me I shouldn't. Um, <laughs> it looks like my friend group, it was not popular. But uh, I hear what you're saying. In general, I don't like it when superhero movies are a drag. And if there's no yeah. joy in it, they're missing out. Uh, have you guys seen Birds yeah. of Prey? The Harley. I have not. We no, have you, not. Yeah. It's it's an uneven movie, but it definitely uh, feels like that director of that movie was loved Tim Burton's movies. Like the world feels oh, okay. like oh. this is uh, uh, more inspired by the Tim Burton movies than anything Nolan did or the Joker movie or anything else, or even the first Suicide Squad movie. This feels like it is set closer to the Tim Burton Gotham. It's its its own thing, and it's weird, and it's uneven. And I kind of like it a lot, even though I don't think it's a great yeah. movie. Uh, but it feels like... Uh, it just shows that Tim Burton's uh, movies still are having this reverberating effect to this day. I mean, yeah. Batman still looks... The Ben Affleck Batman still looks like he is an evolution of this Michael Keaton Batman. He's not like his own thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Like it's still these hard um, rubber suits. Like there's a line in this movie where uh, a Joker makes a joke about Batman washing his tights. It's like he doesn't wear tights in this movie. He doesn't wear tights in any movie. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and that's because of this movie, weirdly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, let's let's jump into some of the production. Sure. Okay. Um, we'll hit you with some of the people on here. We've of course we've already talked pretty extensively about Burton, but we have a screenplay. By Sam Hamm, right. who goes on to do Batman Returns and um, one episode of the Batman animated series. Um, the screenplay is also by Warren Scarin, who did Beetlejuice, Beverly Hills Cop 2, uncredited on Top Gun. Hmm. Um, story by Sam Hamm. As we mentioned, Danny Elfman on the music, which, like much many things with this movie, it's weird to think that it was a risk to hire Danny Elfman for this type of movie. Yeah. Yeah, Elfman, with Burton. Elfman had done uh, the Pee Wee movie, and that's it, I think. Did, did he do yeah. Edward Scissorhands? He did Beetlejuice as well. Um, Beetlejuice, yeah. But he, um, again, those are like weird com- comedic movies. To right. do like a serious action mm-hmm. movies uh, is crazy. And also, that feels like Danny Elfman's like a no brainer for those sorts of movies. Right. Right. And uh, I just know, I mean, he makes one of my favorite scores ever, which is the Spider Man scores sure. are. That I mean, it gets me so amped every time. I mean, this Batman but, score um, is as iconic as almost anything like John Williams has done. Like it's it, it's Batman. absolutely. It's so we good saw, that they we saw it opening yeah, night. The opening sequence is like 
the camera is journeying through what looks like a cement labyrinth for a couple seconds and then it like pulls mm-hmm. out and we realize that we were inside a big Batman logo and it's as the score is like building up and it ends on this big climax as we're looking at Batman. And so at that point we're two minutes into the movie and our crowd burst out into a huge round of applause. <laughs> Just in the that. sight of the bat symbol. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That sounds awesome. When, when we were watching it the other night and it gets to that scene at the end where it goes up, the bat wing goes up into the moon. I was just imagining how insane that crowd must have been so, when so, you see so that. So we have a story about that as well. Uh, yeah. This is a funny story, I think. we were, So, yeah, there's a scene where the bat wing, which is shaped like a bat, really cool design, flies in front of the moon for seemingly no reason in the movie other than it looks <laughs> it looks cool that's uh, it yeah. <laughs> this sequence is happening like the batwing is flying around that hasn't happened yet and uh will leans over to like pick up popcorn or drop something i don't yeah, know what I, it I is i kicked my i kicked my tub of popcorn and was like picking some so of he it leans over for that. what could have been five seconds at most and as he's leaning uh-huh. down the crowd erupts into a roar <laughs> and will pops his head up <laughs> and like as far as he can it's tell the bat, the wing is just flying around normal still yeah, that shot is so unnecessary. The Batwing's flying, a shot of it in front of the moon, back to the Batwing flying. I look down <laughs> just for the amount of time for that cutaway. <laughs> and it lives on in our brother lore yeah. to this day. Just, I was like, what, what happened there? And I know it's like, how do you explain? It's like, hey, it flew in front of the moon. It doesn't sound that cool. But the yeah. audience <laughs> blew up for that yeah. moment. Oh, wow. yeah. Sorry you missed it. <laughs> Still, when I watch the movie, I refuse to look at that scene. I'll never see it. I... <laughs> hey, always bending over yeah. and just going, I'm going to yep. check yep. the ground here. It's a Pavlovian yep. thing he um, bends over at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the cinematographer for this movie is Roger Pratt, who we've discussed in our Harry Potter series because he did Goblet yeah. of Fire oh, and okay. Chamber of Secrets. Hmm. Still, um, still working. This movie comes out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's still working. Um this movie comes out June twenty third, nineteen eighty nine. It has a budget of thirty five million. <laughs> Domestically, it makes two hundred and fifty one million, and worldwide, it makes four hundred and eleven million dollars. Not bad. That's insane. Yeah, for that time, yeah. that's huge. Also, the worldwide um, box offices weren't as big as they are now. Now they're like four times the mm-hmm. domestic. Right. That, what that what did not exist then. I mean, that's a pretty good domestic total today. If you got 251 domestically, especially off that's a budget amazing. of 30 so, million, this is an indie film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. Rewatching, there's very little CGI. There's a couple like weirdly animated moments. Yeah. Uh, but there isn't CGI. There isn't, I mean, there's definitely models and stuff. Uh, it's, yeah. it's a very uh, built, it's a lot of lot scenes, uh, sets, and things like mm-hmm. that. Uh, it it feels like such a throwback, even though it's the dawn of superhero movies. It doesn't do a lot of the things we expect from superhero movies. What's the animated part? There's like a scene where like uh, you see Batman way down below on a balcony, and he turns around and walks. And it's clearly like a little cartoon Batman. Yeah. There's a right. couple. It's like it looks almost stop motion. Yeah, and there's a couple spotlights that are look animated that's that drawn yeah. in, mm-hmm. and also when the Joker falls to his death, that's drawn. Yes. Oh, wow. And then the when the Batmobile when he like arms it, or yeah, it's whatever. like a stop motion, yeah. like kind yeah. of thing. I, I wish yeah. someone would. I mean, not to be a like man, movies used to be so good because I love current movies and I love superhero movies now. Yeah. But it would be so cool if someone was like, you know what? Let's just make, you know, 
the Eternals or something. We only use stop motion <laughs> animation or something just it, wild it, like that. It does that. seem like just, I, I know what you're saying. Um, and I, I've thought that too, but really what it just, some directors seem to have their movies look good, whether they use CG or practical effects That's true. or a combination. Uh, Zack Schneider for all of the bad movies he's made and for all the flaws in some of the Zack Schneider movies, they do always look really good. Like the effects, look yeah. Good. Stills from like Zack Snyder movies are always like, "Ooh, what's what's going on here?" Like, um, he just yeah. has an eye for that. And Tim Burton had an eye for that. His movies always mm-hmm. look really good. Uh, David Lynch movies always look sort of beautiful. Uh, who's the guy who did? Oh, David Fincher movies always kind of are oh, yeah. compelling to watch. Some people, you give them any tool, animation, CG, right. practical effects, they'll they have the judgment to know how much to right. use of all of it. And and I feel like uh, in the in the Marvel universe, to me, I think James Gunn runs the table on that. Oh, yeah, I just think the Guardians movies are so colorful and the action so interesting that yeah, I I had, I had not thought I about James Gunn those. as a visual guy. That's probably true. James Gunn. I think yeah. of him mostly for his sense of humor. Like he just yeah. has such yeah. a sure handle on what's funny, way more than a lot of directors. Uh, but yeah, he's, his stuff looks good. Too. Uh, I mean, I've only seen the movie Birds of Prey by the director. I don't even know her name, uh, but she's got a visual style. I'm curious to see another movie by her just to see how much that carries over. Because it one of the things I liked about the movie is it had a, f- a look to it, a very distinct look. Yeah. yeah, I remember from the trailers, it's like, oh, I like there's like a theme or like yeah. a, a there's thesis a style that's going to this. on. Yeah, here. yeah. Robert yeah. Rodriguez is another one who's got his very, movies were very stylish. Uh, yeah. and he does a lot of CGI, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. When are we going to cover Spy Kids? Huh? <laughs> Someday we will. Kathy uh, Yan is the director. Yeah, okay, that's it. Yeah, it's it's such a it's yeah. a really interesting visual movie. Well, we're going to be covering it later Great. this year, so we will for sure have seen it by the end of this year. Great. Maybe that'll be a bright spot for us in that franchise. I don't yeah. want to overhype it. It's, I'm, I'm it's very it. uneven. Yeah, yeah. It's very uneven, but yeah, in the DC universe, I enjoyed it a lot. Sure. How about the fact that there's a couple I, I do of songs. like the cast. How about the fact that in Batman there's a couple songs by Prince that just show up? Yeah. That was like a really <laughs> weirdly big part of this movie, also. Like Prince, one of the biggest pop stars of the time, uh, just writes two songs that to me don't go with the vibe of the movie or anything at all. No, no. Um, and the Joker's henchmen are dancing to that song at yeah, one point. A couple mm-hmm. times. During the, during I mean, the parade, one of my favorite the scenes is. Yeah, yeah. The, the art gallery scene, and they come in with the boombox, and it's just playing this goofy Prince song. Yeah, and I'm dance. just going, let's do like I am just so into the movie at this point. It's just amazing. <laughs> one of the things I I think one of the reasons I soured on this movie in my uh, uh, middle years is because like I remembered all the like the 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 serious Joker moments. You know, wait till they get a load of me and smashing the mirror and uh, uh, where does he get these one, like all the lines, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then rewatching it, there's all these scenes where he's like wearing silly costumes and dancing. He dances so much in this movie. I was like, oh yeah, this is very <laughs> much a Joker. This is a, even though he's killing a lot of people, which uh, I don't need my Joker to do. He's a lighthearted Joker <laughs> in a weird way. Yeah. Uh, I loved right. it. It's so funny. That, yeah. that museum scene is great where they're just walking around. They're all like, destroying art but like the one disturbed painting is like i like this one yeah um, <laughs> it speaks it to was me. kind of um 
a good uh, like transition for the audience because they were so used to Batman because of the 60s TV show being nothing but like goofy, fun, silliness. Like Nicholson sort of embodied a piece of that. Like in a way that was like a good like connector for people. Be like, oh yeah, there's sure. there's oh, the yeah. energy that I'm used to for Batman. Nicholson's doing it. Um, yeah. But by the end of the movie, you're like converted to this like uh-huh. goth gothic, way cooler looking Batman. Woof, man, is it good? <laughs> <laughs> Michael yeah. Keaton, like Michael Keaton, had just been a comedian. He had not done anything. I know. Not only not serious. He he had done one drama, but it wasn't like a big hit. Uh, clean and sober. And he hadn't done any like action movies. It was really strange casting. Yeah, it would be like well, and, it would and, be and... like making Zach Galifianakis Batman or something like that. It would just be. <laughs> like, it was just. It sounded weird. Which you know what, Zach Galifianakis as Batman. That's that's almost more exciting to me than any of the upcoming. <laughs> maybe projects. it was like making Ryan Reynolds Deadpool though. Maybe that's. Yeah, maybe but Deadpool's that's... a silly yeah. character, right? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. more yeah. overtly comedic. Like if you made yeah. Michael Keaton, I mean, I don't think this would be casting a Spider-Man character. It makes more sense. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, pe- Batman, Batman is just so grim and serious. It was really strange. People had a fear of Michael Keaton being in this Batman meant it was going to be campy. Right. Yeah, Yeah. the purists yep. were like, oh, no, it's going to be another Bam Zoom situation. Yeah. I, I Yeah, and, and I have some notes here that... Uh, Let's see, 50,000 protest letters were sent to Warner Brothers after they announced Keaton. <laughs> and then once they announced that Nicholson was on the project, everyone was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And now there's like some prestige to this. Maybe this yeah. isn't going to be bad. I don't know. Um, I mean, I used to read like wild. comic book um, <laughs> news or whatever. There was this magazine or whatever. I don't know what you call it, called Amazing Heroes. That came out every week, and it was just like news about the comic book industry. I started reading this in like 1986. This was not like a big publication. It was very like niche if you were just like a comic book fan. Uh, and comic books were smaller deal in the mid 80s than they are like now because mm-hmm. they weren't like directly linked to so many television and movie properties. Um, so I'd read this Amazing Heroes, and they would cover any movement on the Batman project. So, like, when Sam Hamm got announced as a screenwriter, that was, like, news. It was, like, they picked yeah. a screenwriter. Oh. His name is Sam Hamm, you know? And it's, like, Tim Burton is going to direct this. And uh, that was all, like, event. Like, the comic book fandom was scrutinizing the Batman movie from the get-go. Oh, um, yeah. And the fact that I think they pretty much, the movie did win everybody over. I mean, comic book fans are notoriously fussy. I'm sure there were lots of people who didn't like X, Y, or Z, but like it was beloved. It definitely was a movie yeah. that in the in the year it came out and uh, the year that like followed. I don't remember ever hearing a bad thing about it. You you hear more bad things about it years later, but at the time it was just sort of like again, like this was following a couple bad Superman movies and yeah. ages beyond the only good Superman movie, the only good superhero movie, Superman one and maybe two, mm-hmm. right. Uh, we're long gone. Like this was as good as it gets in that sense. Like uh, it was a good super movie and it was really different than Superman one. Like it was good in a really different way. It like was its own movie. Yeah. Like the Marvel movies, the MCU, which I I generally really enjoy uh, except for things like guardians. They are, and uh, Thor Ragnarok, they tend to be a little cookie cutter. Like they are a little bit interchangeable in tone. And Hey, that's, that makes for some nice consistency. There's a good argument for that. 
But like Batman, there's no movie like Tim Burton's Batman, right? That is just like a unique right. animal. Yep. Even Batman Returns is quite different, I think. Yeah, definitely. That movie is, I mean, we're going to talk about it next week. And I think we're just going to talk about Danny DeVito the whole time. Because that yeah. movie is wild. It Balls is wild. to the walls the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Because I rewatched Batman this weekend, I right. might rewatch Batman Returns uh, over the next couple of days because I'm like, oh, I want I haven't seen that in forever. Uh, yeah. And a lot of people really say like it's better it. than Batman. And I remember it being about as good, but I, I need to rewatch it. So I need to remind myself. My take on Batman Returns is that it was better. I, I remember in the theater being, ooh, that was, it was like, it was more cohesive, but I don't think it hit as well. I think people didn't like it as much, but it was still a huge It'll be. Hit. Yeah, it'll be interesting to rewatch it because last time you and I watched it, it was we, my first time again. Oh, it was your first time, yeah. and I was like, "This is a like I did not really like it, but I remember loving it when I first saw it." Mm -hmm. But it was it, it's like Batman's hardly in the movie, which is kind of strange. Yeah. Which is also yeah. it's mostly sort of, Catwoman. <laughs> it's also sort of true of this movie, right? Joker covers a lot of this. Movie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. A lot um, more screen. Jordan, time. what did you what did you think when you saw this movie two years ago? This movie, yeah. yeah. I I loved it. You're talking about Batman, not Batman Returns. Yes, Batman. I'm talking about Batman. I did a switch. Yeah, I I loved it. It's it was just like when I was growing up, I there was just a lot of movies I missed, and I think it's just because like maybe my parents didn't really care for them, and that's the only reason why I didn't see it. Because mm -hmm. if I would have, it would have been like one of my favorite things. And, and that's how this one felt. You're a huge Burton fan, so it's it was shocking to me that you had. Yeah, seen I mean, it. I probably had seen a lot of it on like TV, but I've never seen it. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I loved it. I do remember thinking because you know, for for me, it's like Christian Bale's Batman to me because right. of like yeah, my yeah. age. But um, with Michael Keaton being Batman, I think he's he wasn't like bad or anything. I just like, don't really think he was a, a good Bruce Wayne yeah. to me, but I also don't like find Mike, Michael, like, you know, I think Michael Keaton's funny yeah. and I think he, <laughs> he's got like kind of a villainous vibe to me. <laughs> and so I, I didn't really buy that. He was like suave and good looking Yeah, <laughs> for, yeah. for this movie, but I, I mean, he's a great actor and he did a good it's job. It's also just interesting because he defined how the modern Batman is still played or he and Tim Burton together. Uh, you yeah, know, the yeah. gravelly voice of Batman, sort of this, you know, the sort of like the 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 look of Batman's mansion still looks the same in the Bale movies to me. It's like a little less Burton-y, but it's still like yeah. the gothic -y look of it all. Um, I don't know. It was all defined in this movie in a weird way. I can't believe how much of it sticks. <laughs> I know it's weird. Even even seeing the previews for Matt Reeves' Batman movie that's coming yeah. out in a couple of years. It's like, this still is, we're still following Burton. I keep mold. waiting for the Batman movie that will define, redefine it and try to do its own thing. It feels like the sort of movie that could, but I yeah. don't know. Maybe it'll never happen. I mean, Christian yeah. Bale, Heath Ledger redefined the Joker, I think. Like, yeah. I, I think his Joker is superior to Nicholson's, even though Nicholson's was great. Like, Heath Ledger right. is the iconic Joker in my mind. Heath Ledger was better, but yeah. this is more like the comic book Joker. <laughs> Definitely. He <laughs> wears the costumes. He's silly. Uh, I don't know. There's something about him. Uh, I remember being cooler on this Jack Nicholson. And now that I've rewatched it, I mean, to me, the Joker's Mark Hamill. Uh, his voice on the cartoon. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, oh, that's man. what. That's what. Because what's that? What's that one called with him? The, the animated Batman, series. The animated series. Just with that. There's that. The okay, but there's the a movie where he's Joker. Yes, that yes. one. I've seen that, and 
when I, I saw that before Batman and when I watched this, I was like, Oh, he is doing that Joker. And I love mm. that. Mm. I really love that yeah. Joker. Uh, I saw mask of the phantasm opening night too. That was a much different audience. There was maybe 20 people there. Uh, no <laughs> over wow. cheers. That movie did not succeed. <laughs> uh, as a, as a theater. Well, we might have to do a bonus episode. I love that. That's movie. a great it movie. Great. Sorry. I, I cut you off. No, that's great. <laughs> Just... I, uh, me and my younger brother somehow fell into a trend of watching every Batman movie on opening night, good or bad. Um, <laughs> for because we had seen like three of them in a row on opening night, and he notes things like that. And when I was in college, and the uh, trailer for Batman and Robin came out, the uh, Mister Freeze, Poison Ivy one, and the, I'm watching. I saw that commercial. And it looked it looked terrible. No, the bad worst, the worst one, the best one. <laughs> I think the best one. It, that's the only one that's worked. It was the the commercials <laughs> were so bad. And it looked so awful. And I remember sitting there with my college roommates, and we're all like, "This movie looks atrocious." And I said to my roommates, I was like, I'm probably going to end up seeing it in theaters. Because that was back then, there was yeah. so few yeah, superhero yeah. movies. I'm like, I'm going to go. It could be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the phone rings, and it's my younger brother. And he's like, hey, I just saw the commercial for Batman Robin. Do you want to see it opening night with me? <laughs> and I came back, and they're like, who was it? And I had to tell my roommates, I was like, I just made plans to see this movie we were making fun of on opening night. <laughs> and we did see it opening night, and it was terrible, but it was a fun movie watching experience. So. That was the only movie totally. I walked out of. I saw that in New York City, and I halfway through Batman and Robin, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go. <laughs> like, I don't need to wow. see the rest of this. <laughs> Have you seen the rest of it since then? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was at a party a couple of years ago where somebody it was on. And so I watched yeah. it. And I was, I was at the, when I watched it that second time, I was mostly like trying to analyze, hmm, why is this so bad? When you guys get to it in your podcast, like, why is it so bad? Because the, some really talented <laughs> actors, huge budget. Yeah. Um, we, we do have a guest on. Uh, for that episode and she is excited to do it because she said she's come around on the movie okay, so maybe yeah. we'll we'll see That'd the other side of that i think if you watch it as a comedy but, as a comedic movie not unlike the 66 movies it, it holds up way better but it's yeah it's just a shame for it to go that direction when you know these sort of weird silly movies become flat-out comedies but yeah well, and I, I wanted to show you this, Jordan. This might embarrass you, but Jordan okay. drew this after we watched the movie uh, last ooh. night. Is that Jack Skellington in the Joker outfit? I guess so. Oh, no, just a skeleton yeah, head in she, the Joker. She has these, like, skeleton things she does, and this is the Joker in it. I love I it. See that. We'll have to post that on our That's Instagram. extremely when we... cool. I, I love that. I did want to watch his movie. <laughs> I, I loved seeing him in all his classic purple suit uniforms. <laughs> yeah. But you just don't see him in it at all. It's so cool. And and I like I mean we're gonna be talking about this so much during the series, but I just I've been really burned out on the mythos of the Joker. Okay. And rewatching this movie, it's like, oh yeah, he can be funny, he can tell bad jokes, and he doesn't have to dance and contemplate suicide the whole movie. You know? It's like yeah. this is much more interesting to me. Uh, in I, than, I I agree with you. I I want I think what you're saying is this, and I, if I'm not correct me. I, I want some happiness in the stew yeah. of a superhero movie, even with a psychopath killer like the Joker. Um, I yeah, I am. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Like th this, but this movie defined Batman for until the Nolan movies. I think because even though the animated right. series yeah. was so good, and I think most Batman purists would say the animated series was like a more faithful and reliable 
portrayal of Batman stuff than the Burton movie. The Burton movie, because it was a movie, because it was so successful, still dominated perception. Like it was Keaton and Nicholson until until Nolan came along. Yeah. Right. Uh, um I don't know. I'm I'm impressed by it. In an era now where like everything seems to be a sequel and a retread and a remake and a reboot, um, to see something that sort of is the one that established the property is kind of fun. I I don't know. I don't know what has a chance to do that anymore. I think like the first 40 minutes of this movie when I was rewatching it are great. Are almost perfect. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, I weirdly feel bad. I feel like the the Vicky Vale Kim Basinger stuff is bad. Um, she's the only female yeah. character, but she mostly, she shows up to try to find out who Batman is and then just be, falls in love with Bruce Wayne, gets chased by the Joker. And that's her whole story at the end. And I was like, yeah, well, that, she, this yeah. character has nothing going for her. And those scenes, I think, slow the movie down. Uh, and, yeah. And not like there's much other plot beyond that. Like the Joker gasses the city and then fights Batman. There's not much plot to this movie at all. But I just sort of like wish there was. If Kim Basinger had an actual plot, like if it was like her actively investigating the Batman, like a Lois Lane type, I think this movie uh, would be better for it. But um, it's yeah. a shame. Uh, I, I do really love though um, the I I forget his name. I think it's Eckhart, the other reporter, uh, Robert Wool. Like I did not like him, Robert. Yeah, Wool? yeah I didn't like him. And then think, when we rewatched, I think his name it, was Knox, right? I was Eckhart's the ex, Knox, ex, okay. Eckhart's the bad cop. Oh, he's the detective. Yeah, yeah. He, he's um, a dirty. But cop. on rewatching it this time, I was like, I love this guy's energy. I love like, I love this, this like noirs guy. He's yeah. amazing. Yeah. He's great in that. Movie. I don't know how I could ever not enjoy that performance. The, the CW TV shows uh, that do all the DC superheroes uh, last year pre pre uh, uh, pandemic did a uh, uh, Crisis of Infinite Earths. Where all of the uh, mm -hmm. their shows crossed over with each other, and then they also had like cameos by anyone they could get from any other version of a DC movie. And Robert Wool was the first one that showed up. Uh, like he's like, he was, like reading that. a newspaper about bat sightings or something in front of a very Tim Burton esque backdrop before his yeah. like universe yeah. gets wiped out. And I was like, oh, it's Robert Wool. <laughs> 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 he's so memorable for not that big a part but he really stands out yeah. i feel like he is a big part of the experience of watching that he movie. was also way, way all over the trailer for it he's was quotable he really? right he he's sound biteable yeah. like his part actually yeah <laughs> is condensable as you know so a lot of the coolness of this movie is sort of you need more time to let it soak in or they wanted to keep it a surprise right like the batmobile was a surprise yeah. like when we saw yeah. the car in the movie it was like what what Oh my god! <laughs> uh, That's um, so cool. I mean, this movie is filled with those lines. Like the soundtrack also had one of those things was just like a remix of a Prince song with lines from the movie. So like when I watch the movie now and these lines happen, I think of the song too at the same time. Like stop right. the presses is not that memorable yeah. a line other than it's in one of the songs. Yeah. Right, Who's right. Who's that? Stop the presses, Vic, 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 Vicky Vale. It's just like that sort of <laughs> weird Bat remix. Dance, Bat Dance was the craziest part of this movie. Like Bat Dance was on the radio <laughs> so much. Was, was it, it really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. People played Bat Dance all the time. <laughs> you go to the beach, people just be blasting Bat Dance and like grooving. I mean, people on the beach would look like the Joker Gang, like dancing and just happily wow. grooving to Bat Dance, which is one of the strangest Prince songs ever 
it's a testament to how huge Prince was. I mean, I don't think Bat Dance is good. Okay, like I think <laughs> Prince is a genius <laughs> and like is a you know insanely masterful songwriter, musician, singer, like a perfect pop star. He's done at least, conservatively speaking, fifteen perfect pop songs, and Bat Dance is not one of them. <laughs> but <laughs> it exploded, and people were so excited, and. Even even as a 19-year-old fan of Batman, happy to see the movie doing well, I remember being on a beach with my college friends, seeing somebody put out their boombox in the sand and press play and, I mean, blast bat dance. And I even remember being like, that's weird. That is a weird <laughs> choice. We had that soundtrack, that so and I weird. listened to it a few times, but uh, uh, it was I, didn't th- I don't remember liking that soundtrack. I think we listened to it mostly because it was yeah. sort of like watching the movie. Yeah. It just reminded us of our experience watching the movie. Yeah. It's a it's a big for me, Kevin, and our brother Brian. I feel like it's a huge part of our family lore, right? I feel like the night we saw Batman, <laughs> yes. is like a milestone in our family history. That sounds insane, but I think it is. It was the That's it, awesome. it was the it pro- it probably is still the biggest movie watching experience of my life. Uh, I was I, I was very excited to see Fellowship when that came out, and, and like. Yeah, this yeah. first Star Wars you were prequel so was kind of a big Kevin. deal. It was very fun. And Return of the Jedi, I remember being big in Last Crusade, like some of these huge blockbuster movies. But Batman was something else. It was like another level of like uh, excitement and 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 to the point where like when I go to opening night movies, I'm trying to recapture that high as much as much as I yeah. can. Yes. Yeah. I once tried to make a list of my top ten favorite nights, top ten days of my life. What are the top 10 days of my whole life? And I put this in one of them. I don't know where I would put it, but it was just like Probably, a magic. Uh, it was a magic experience. Probably two. One being my, <laughs> one was my birth. Two was seeing this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. One was your birth. I was five yeah, yeah. and uh, I have a vague memory. <laughs> of it. Sure, I'll put it number one. Yeah. But um, because, yeah, you know, I don't know. Getting sentimental about the movies can sometimes be annoying, but like, there are not many movies that are big enough to be an event mm-hmm. yeah. that like everybody shows up for and it lives up to the expectation. I mean, it happens, but it's rare and it's even more rare now, right? Now that like yeah. we have so many different ways. I mean, certainly right now in the pandemic, but even non-pandemic. But it happens now and then where like uh, it, like the J.J. Abrams Star Wars, oh, that was a big you know, every Harry Potter movie was like that. Anytime a Harry Potter movie yeah. came out, that was like, okay, but, are you seeing it? When are you but seeing it? there were fewer it? movies. It feels yeah. like now there's a blockbuster every weekend over the summer. Like every weekend, there's which blockbuster comes out yeah. this weekend. That was less true then. It was like there's a handful of big movies. Yeah, there's so fewer the movies. Blockbuster. There was fewer TV. Like uh, there was a lot more like oh, you're renting things you never even knew were in the theaters. Like there, there just weren't like, like now it's like movies come out. It's like, I can't keep up. And back then it was like, yeah, you could right, see yeah. them all. You could see all the big movies pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, it definitely is the only movie where uh, seeing the movie far outweighs the movie itself to me. The experience, yeah. everything about it. Yeah. I mean, that's why I'm so pleased you guys let us talk about it because I mean, I don't know. There's no shortage of old middle-aged dudes who want to tell you about when they were younger or whatever. But like, <laughs> I do think there was a specialness to the event of the release of this movie. The movie is great. And that you can't oh, take yeah. that away yeah. from it. But like the the hype and the event and the follow through of this movie's release was insane. And it was uh, really cool to be able to witness it. And also like in our town, again, this like midnight showing, it's like whatever that theater held like a hundred people. 
150. Yeah. I don't know, somewhere in that range. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and that was it. it was just one showing. And then the next showing was like the next day. Friday night at seven. Yeah. So wow. it's like we were in our town, one of like a hundred people who saw this movie. Cause it wasn't like there yeah. weren't multiplexes everywhere where it's like, everyone starts right. seeing this movie Tuesday night when it started streaming. It goes, you know, every two hours, every day until Friday. Yeah. I know when the Star Wars movies, I live in Los Angeles, when the Star Wars movies come out or some huge, huge movie, the movie theaters in LA, this is a movie town, right? Like this is like the mm-hmm. capital of movies, whatever. So the Arclight Hollywood, which is sort of like the premier movie theater in Los Angeles, I'm pointing at it dumbly, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> they will like show, they have like 15 screens. They all show like, you know, the rise of Skywalker starting yeah. at like midnight until the next day at noon. And then the other movies start seeing, but so it's kind of fun in that context to go like at two in the morning and see like yeah. some crazy huge movie. And the lobby is jammed because yeah. everybody yeah. in LA wants to see the big event movie. That's kind of fun when that, I happens. mean, I'm in New Jersey and like when these star Wars movies come out, it's like, yeah, I have no trouble getting an opening night ticket if I want one. Yeah. Uh, right. There's so many screenings of it. Uh, they're all pretty full, but like, unless I'm going to the big crowd, I can get a ticket. Uh, yeah. But this was like, right. uh, uh, it was hard. It was, we had great seats. I, f- I remember us being like dead center. Me too. We, like we were. A third of the we way back. We showed up early. We were ready. We yeah. were ready six months before this movie came out to see it. So. Uh, here's another real quick, uh, just, I don't want to run out of time before I tell one other nerdy Will story from watching this movie. Will knows which one probably. During yeah, the uh, origin of Batman, when you see his parents get murdered, um, mm-hmm. it, it very much is evocative of the Dark Knight Returns and uh, a comic book in Batman year one, the comic books th- that they're telling of this shooting. And in that shooting, there is a scene where uh, Martha Wayne's pearls are ripped off her neck and they like drop into the water. And it's like, there's panels, more panels than you would think are devoted to that moment. And during this mugging mm-hmm. in the scene where like the, the mugger pulls the gun on uh, Martha and there's like just a moment, a pause and Will just under his breath goes, the pearls. <laughs> And then he grabs the pearls and pulls them off. Like he was, Will was to chant. Wow. And I laughed I when that it. happened. And Brian also yeah. laughed. And we were like, Will's like, I did I, I didn't say that. Like, Will, like yeah, they made fun like, of me for it. They're like, you said the pearls a lot. I was like, no, I didn't. He was like, like in a few yeah, you states. Did. You, were, you were in a trance. <laughs> Let me ask Jordan and, and Micah, and it's okay if your answer is not. Do you associate the image of pearls scattering with the murder of Thomas and Martha Wayne? Do you think? Absolutely. I, because I think that was not true. Until the this comic book I'm talking about, The Dark Knight Returns by uh, Frank Miller, uh, that came out yeah. in 1986, I think that yeah. established this visual sort of shorthand because they it was a comic book, right? So they couldn't show like a gory gunshot, right? Or maybe they yeah. didn't want to. So the gun gets tangled up in the necklace, and then he pulls the trigger, and her body falling away from the gun rips the pearl necklace, right? And so that's how the comic book shows the death of Martha Wayne without showing the actual uh, yeah. wound. Yeah. And I remember as a 16-year-old reading the comic book being like, whoa, Jesus, that's brutal, but also kind of cool cinematically, comic book-wise. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, in the right. movie, when the movie took that from Dark Knight Returns, I remember being like, I don't remember saying out loud the pearls in some trance <laughs> state, but I do remember wondering like, oh, are they going to take this cool thing from the comic? And they did. Yeah. And I remember being like impressed, like... This movie yeah. is good, motherfucker. Yeah. They are. They know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seminal comic in this movie. I think those two things imprinted pearls forever as part of that origin. Like she's yeah. always wearing a pearl. I, it's funny now 
because in every movie they have to even the joker i was shocked when they were like oh we're gonna show the the death of the way how many times are we gonna kill these guys (laughs) Uh, and then it's always the close-up of the pearls it's in every batman movie it's a a cliche now right yeah 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 it's gonna be in the the robert pattinson movie it will i guarantee you (laughs) it's like spider-man's uncle ben saying with great power comes great responsibility like that has become a weary cliche that gets made fun of in the Spider-Man movies now. But for a right. while was like the way that a thing showed you the audience that they were for real. <laughs> the, the, the Wayne's death is uh, strange. Cause also like, if you didn't read comic books, I don't know if people knew that it's not like the 66 show talked about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. They probably just glossed uh, but over this movie. That, sure. This movie opens with uh, a, a couple and their kid all dressed up coming out of a movie theater, going down an alley I forgot that it starts with like, oh, this is evocative of the Waynes that mm-hmm. we don't, we won't. I know, I always think it's the Waynes. I have a moment where I'm like, yeah, I don't think it starts with this. I remember that being a flashback. And then I'm like, oh, wait, these are the people yeah. who get mugged. Uh, they're coming through. Uh, but I was like, it's sort of cool that they're, that's happening like at the very beginning of this movie, sort of like this moment keeps happening. Two parents and a child getting accosted in an alley. Uh, and Batman, yeah. You know, they don't die, at least, and Batman gets their money back. But uh, that scene also had yeah. huge cheers throughout it from our theater. The this Also, the yeah. scene where Batman gets shot right away, like he shows up yeah. and they shoot him and he collapses. Huge laughs. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, really? Yeah. Nuts, as it was the funniest thing they'd ever seen, because it was like all this buildup, and he gets shot and goes down hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was as if it was a brilliant joke. I, that we scene... had the most reactive movie audience yeah. I've ever been a part of. It was like a, the as one, we were having a joyful conversation with the screen. People were so in, in the weirdly not special line that has become meaningful of "I'm Batman." I we yeah. saw that become like everyone cared about that line for some reason. He goes, "I'm Batman." Just yeah. uh, oh, we like ten minutes shit. after that. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, that's yeah. why that line is constantly said now. It sure worked. I don't know why. So, why is that an important line? Why is just I'm Batman a cool line? But it kind <laughs> of, he's badass. He's announcing his presence with authority. It you know, sounds he's like, silly. I'm dressed as a bat going, I'm Batman. But it it's not a badass. <laughs> it worked. It was like a pro wrestler move. It, it was, works every who time. Who are you? Though. I'm Batman. It, Look at me. <laughs> I'm ears. BT, every BT dubs. I'm Batman. That's what I want you to call uh-huh. me. <laughs> yeah. I'm dressed like a bat. So tell everyone the, I'm um, Batman, not bad guy or. The bat, yeah. or the bat, not the bat. I could see where you would do that. Um, I don't know, man. That movie was good. Yeah. I love, I love big movies but when they work. This is also a movie that, like, every talk show, like Letterman, talked about this movie for like a next year. He made jokes about this movie. Like, it was uh, culturally. It's also like what impacted. It's everything. before Jurassic Park. It's like our brain holds on. To, it's before Harry Potter was even a mm-hmm. book, right? I mean, like, yeah, certain things that occupy our mind as the big touchstones did not exist yet, like. There was kind of yeah. more room for this to be one of the dominant big movies of your memory. It was like Jaws, Star Wars, Batman. Like I feel like it's and you know this is before Titanic. Like, yeah. uh, it was. It's kind of diminished, but it used to be one of the premier big movies that you would just say when you were naming big movies. Uh, but I, yeah. I think it's kind of gotten shoved aside by other ones a little bit. Well, there's also just so many of them now, so many superhero movies in general. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. For a while it was, again, it was Superman and Batman. And I guess if there was a million romantic couples sinking on boats, Titanic would diminish, but it's just <laughs> the only Titanic. So like, <laughs> yeah. um, right. But there's a well, million it's, it's guys wild. in tights building people, beating people up. So Batman diminishes. Right. Yeah. It's wild too, like you know, we were talking about the pearls and and the mm-hmm. Waynes and and 
But this movie also sets up so many templates for uh, comic book movies, one of them being kind of a something that can be a little annoying, but that thing where for a while in any comic book movie, they would always kill the villain yeah. at the end of the movie. Yeah. You know, Green Goblin dies. Yeah. And that, right. oh, that's the only one that pops in my head right now. But you'd have that. And um, I think Marvel's kind of taken that back a little bit because now they don't kill their villains every movie. But yeah. I mean, the, still, yeah, the Batman, it's, this like the sets Batman that villains up. all died. I mean, Lex Luthor didn't die either, but um, uh, prior to this, Superman Lex Luthor. Right. Yeah, the, the Joker died. Uh, uh, the Penguin dies. Catwoman doesn't die, right? She escapes. She's less a villain and more of something yeah. else. Uh, uh, the Riddler didn't die. And I remember as a kid being like, oh, good. They kept one alive. They could bring one back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it felt yeah. huge to me that the Riddler was still around. Um. I even liked in the Dark Knight movie with Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger doesn't die. Yeah, um, that is. Yeah. I always wonder, like in a dream world, like what a third movie would have been had he not. Yeah. Oh my god, passed away. So much, so great. Um, I mean, yeah, because they could have just done a whole movie with him as Joker again, oh, and we would have been villains. Fine. Yeah, it, recurring <laughs> villains performance are so such good. a big part of superheroes. To kill them off feels like such a waste to me. Um, yeah. Particularly when they're like, like the Green Goblin, killing him in the first it's, movie. It's your like, first but one. This is Spider-Man's arch nemesis. <laughs> this is like the guy, him and Doc Ock, and then you kill. Octopus yeah, it does. Too. It does. So like these like, are the first movies. Like this person didn't exist. Gets his powers. His first case is against the worst villain he'll ever face, and he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. It's like it's hard to top that now. I mean, you would never do yeah. it, but like the real thing is like save Joker for movie three. Um. Don't right. have the Green Goblin for a while. Don't have the biggest ones, but like, don't have Magneto in the first X Men movie. It's like, well, we're not going to get another X Men movie if we don't use Magneto. So, I get it. Um, <laughs> right. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, go big. Um, it hit us, Jordan. Oh, with some actors. Yeah. No, well, well, I think we've actually covered most of all this extra stuff. But hit yeah. us, hit us with something. Anything? Anything? Anything got, at all? I don't know. <laughs> can I hit? Can I hit with We've an been actor? really diving into the comic side of can it. I hit, can I what? hit with an actor? Uh, I was excited yeah. rewatching that. I forgot Jack Palance was in this movie. Uh, Jack oh, Palance yeah. as the crime boss is so fun in his small role. You're my number one guy. <laughs> it's such a, a oh, weird yeah. scene. <laughs> what a weird line. I love Jack Palance, and he gets the and. We love actors who get the and yeah. and the oh, whiff. Got the, he's the and, and, the, and the billing. That's the most fun. I don't think I yeah. knew who Jack Palance was until City Slickers, sadly. I did not. Yeah. Uh, he did not resonate with me until City Slickers when he, like for some reason, was like on every award show talking about it. I was like, oh, this guy is Shane, and now <laughs> he's like in every movie I've ever seen somehow. Yeah. Um, oh, Shane. Okay. Because his... I actually recognize his name more than his face. Yeah, when we watched too. the movie, yeah. I was like, oh, Jack Palance. Shane but is I didn't, big thing. I couldn't. Um, Shane? What do you mean, Shane? The oh, movie he's the bad guy. He's Shane? Shane. Come back, Shane. No, Alan Ladd is Shane. No, no. Jack Shane Palance. Is it Jack Palance? <laughs> I think, Palance, I think <laughs> Palance is the villain in Shane, I think. Oh, wow. Well. Uh, uh, no, we're all Googling real quick. This is excellent podcast. <laughs> yeah, Alan Ladd plays Shane. Was Shane the um, kid? Nope. Shane is the good guy cowboy in the crazy... Crazy, shiny, okay. sparkly well, he's from suit. Shane. I read that part right. But Jack Palance is the main bad guy. Yeah. Jack, he, he plays uh, Jack Wilson. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's in He's got Shane. great bad guy oh, energy. Right. So I remembered him as the guy from Shane. But anyway, uh, uh, Jack Palance is in a lot of movies in like small role. He's very, 
memorable a memorable look and when he showed up in this movie i've forgotten he was in this uh and yeah. i was like very excited to see and him he's again. having so much fun too yeah. that's great and everyone's very just keyed into this movie yeah it it's so out there and everyone's like yeah i'm fully committed well, to must this. have they mm-hmm. thought while making this movie it's so weird. There's so many well, shots it's... of like Michael Keaton just like standing and looking up in his bat suit. And like, <laughs> does he think this movie could be terrible the whole time he's making it? I've made the yeah. biggest mistake of my career. I've ruined my serious acting career by doing this movie. Yeah. What What's funny is I wanted to point out that uh, Jack Nicholson, I was watching this behind the scenes and he was talking about how once he signed on to the movie and, you know, I don't know how much he's looking back in revisionist history, but he was saying, I knew I knew for sure that this was going to be a hit. I knew more than anybody else. And he he had this contract. So he did not d- go the route of some of the other Jokers who are like, oh, the only way for me to prepare to be a Joker is to send dead rats to my <laughs> crew people and stuff like that. Yeah. He had an off-the-clock agreement. His contract specified the number of hours he was entitled to have off each day from the time he left the set to the time he reported back for filming, as well as being off for... LA Lakers home games (laughs) Nicholson demanded that all of his scenes be shot in a three-week block but the schedule lapsed into 106 days he reduced his standard 10 million feet to 6 million in exchange for a cut of the film's earnings including merchandise which led to um he made at least around 50 million and biographer Mark Elliott reports that Nicholson may have received as much as 90 million dollars like, like by now from this movie yeah. it makes sense because like his part is the silliest part like he's dancing on a float in a, in a weird back lot filming scene with balloons <laughs> and everyone it's like if this guy didn't think this movie was good i it's hard to imagine he would be willing to act like such an idiot it is right. a yeah. bad version of this movie he comes off looking terrible it is uh just <laughs> oh yeah it's just that he's that he's profited from this movie because he's such an important reason yeah. of why it's good, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Um, if somebody's going to make bank off that. this film, Nicholson is the second guy I would pick who should after Tim Burton. Oh yeah, it's like him and him and George Lucas made the best deals in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> also Nicholson of that sure. time was in so many big movies. He's only got to make a good deal on one of them <laughs> to yeah. like. But, I mean, he's not hurting for cash no matter which way he cuts his He deal. has the leverage to know if, like, yeah. I don't do this movie, it hurts your movie more than it hurts me. Where Michael Keaton right. probably can't back out of this movie. Even Kim Basinger wasn't yeah. a huge star. But, like, Jack Nicholson was big. Right. Prince also could have backed out. Yeah, it's weird. I think, I feel like <laughs> the Prince thing is so strange. <laughs> One thing that is disappointing looking back on it, though, is... um. I love Billy D. Williams' performance as Harvey Dent in this, and I really wish, and we'll get into it when we get to this movie, so I won't spoil it, but I wish that the contracts would have been signed and whatnot to have him as Two-Face. Yeah. Because he wanted to, he signed on to this movie with like, in the future, I'll be Two-Face. And he was excited and And wanted to do that. Would have been great. He's very fun. Uh, He's so good. Commissioner Gordon is sort of a non-entity in the mayor sort of a non-entity that yeah. Yeah. Williams sort of carries any of yeah. the city government scenes just on his charisma alone. Yeah. Uh, it would have been an amazing movie to see Billy D. Williams as the villain. Um, just like what's his face was good in the Nolan movies. What's that guy's name? Aaron Eckhart. Kevin. Oh uh, yeah. He was great. He was yeah. great. He was as good as I could hope a two face would be. 
Um, Batman's no. done all right. Batman has done all right in his portrayals of TV and movies and stuff like that. They've they've gotten them right more than they've gotten them wrong. Superman is way more unevenly portrayed. Yeah. yeah. It's way easier to find a bad Superman movie than a bad Batman movie. Though, although you can do it. Well, the, the Christopher Reeve is still so iconic. Um, Christopher Reeve oh, was never yeah. tarnished. Like he remains this like perfect person to play Superman despite any bad movies he was in. <laughs> Can, can you both, though, I would love to hear just a, a quick rundown of what you think of the different movies. Because I feel like we've... About I mean, the Batman franchise? What, what do you think? I feel like we've actually covered this movie pretty well in a roundabout way. It's yeah. not the usual way, Sorry. Did, but I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. We, we, no, no, no. We, That's why we have guests. We went nuts. No, I loved it. And yeah. I was glad because part of me getting you guys, I was like, I hope they can like speak to the comic book nature of it. And you and did. And the time period it came out. Yeah, so that's all we do. I would love to hear though what you think of like the different sets of Batman. I'll defer to I'll defer to I'll defer to Kevin. I think Kevin's got a more passionate opinion than me, and I'll just chime in when I want to undermine him. What what do you want me to like? What I think of each movie overall? Yeah, what what do you like? What do you like or just like all the the big the big Batman franchises? Um, I mean, uh, the Adam West Batman is uh, um, delightfully fun. In, in a way that appeals to everyone except for like teenagers. I think it's just like perfect for kids and perfect for adults. Uh, I, I, I love that Batman. Uh, this Batman movie, it's hard to separate it from the impact it had on everything that follows it. But it, yeah, after rewatching it, I liked it a lot more than I remembered. Um, and, and Michael Keaton still, when you see him, like he still is identified purely with Batman. Like Batman is like his number right. one credit right. and right. it will Even be forever. Birdman and that's crazy uh, to be true after all these years. Um, and Batman Returns, I sort of feel like Batman Returns and Batman are sort of one movie in a weird way. They're same director, same stars. Um, yeah. What was the third one? Batman, uh, Batman, Batman Forever, forever was the third the one. Third. That's Val Kilmer. I yeah. was disappointed yeah. with Carey. that as a kid. I remember thinking it was okay. Um, but it definitely felt like a huge step down from Batman and Batman Returns. And I remember like older people than me, like the guy who ran my comic shop liked this movie. He's like, this felt more like my Batman. And so I, cause like, huh. it was more fun and silly. Uh, and obviously like Jim, you have Jim Carrey as the Riddler, but that's the goofy two face sort of knocked me out of it. And it, you could see the signs that it was getting too silly. And Batman and Robin was terrible though. I think Uma Thurman's really good <laughs> in it. <laughs> I think I, yeah. I wish she was oh, in a yeah. good Batman movie playing a good it. Poison Ivy because I think she would have nailed it. Uh, but that movie is bonkers and bad. But I talk about that movie maybe more than any other Batman movie. So, <laughs> uh, I don't like Batman Begins that much. I'm weirdly in a minority there. Oh. I, I got bored with all the origin stuff. It took too long. I wanted more Batman in my Batman movie. Uh, and yeah. People love it. Okay. Uh, and I found like the, the 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 scarecrow plot at the end a little too silly for this grounded movie. But it wasn't bad. I just sort of was like, I don't get the hype, but I love the Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah. The Dark Knight blew me away. I was on the, I was literally sitting on the edge of my seat. Uh, and I love Dark Knight Rises. People hate that movie, I guess, to some people, but I like that not as much as Dark Knight. But Dark Knight Rises, I I. I thought it was thrilling. I love that Catwoman uh, and Hathaway's Catwoman. Yeah. I thought it was so fun. Mm -hmm. It's a big bloated movie, like a lot of Nolan's things. Yeah, definitely, and if yeah. I think about rewatching it, it seems exhausting. 
but I, yes. in theaters, yeah. I remember watching it and it ended going, oh man, I felt like I didn't breathe for the last hour. I enjoyed it so much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the Batman versus Superman is one of the most atrocious uh, Batman <laughs> movies of all time, though, including one of my favorite Batman scenes of all time is the Martha scene is so funny. If that scene was done with oh, comedic with the, intent, it would be yeah. my favorite scene. Uh, Jordan doesn't know. Uh, she yeah, has avoided that is, movie. And it's it's uh, iconically bad. It's like it's terrible. It is the worst okay. thing ever. And because of that, it defies all logic. It wraps around, <laughs> okay. It's so terrible. It wraps around to being one of my favorite things in a superhero movie. <laughs> uh, and Justice League is sort of a bland mess, though. There's an early scene in uh, uh, Justice League where Batman is sort of leaping around and flipping and stuff. That he doesn't do in any other movie. Like in this movie, he's so stiff. He stands still. Yeah. And he like and he can't kicks. turn his neck. <laughs> and there's a lot of scenes where he's just sort of standing square-shouldered, facing people, and just like it's there's such a stiffness to Batman that is pretty much true in almost all the movies, except for Justice League. He leaps around. They just CGI him out of the movie. And just it's clearly just a CGI Batman doing all this stuff. But it was sort of nice to see him leap around a little bit. But that movie's sort of boring. Yeah, I haven't seen the Zack Snyder cut. Maybe that'll change my mind about it. When I <laughs> how about uh, Batman the Animated Series? Perfect. Oh yeah. How about um Bat Batman the video game, the Arkham video game? I have not I haven't really played through those. Well, I think you're the video game guy. But I also think They're Batman great. Beyond is a, a tremendous uh, cartoon uh, because it was pitched from the studio first. They wanted them to make a Batman start with a kid as Batman. And they wanted it to be like a future Batman. They're like make a future kid Batman, like Batman Jr. And so the guys who made Batman the Animated Series were like, oh, this is going to be terrible. They sat down and they came out with a cartoon that ended up being darker and cooler than anything that should be true. And that cartoon is phenomenally good. How about the Super Friends, 1970s Super Friends, Hall of Justice? Uh, I mean, that is the Superman show with a bunch of characters. Like, that's, my version of the Super Friends is always, the villain's plot is always, get rid of Superman. We could take care of everyone else in one fell swoop. And then Superman <laughs> comes back and wins the saves the day. That felt like almost every plot. Okay. No punches are thrown. That cartoon yeah. is bad, but also an important part of my childhood. <laughs> okay. I like it. I've always thought, I mean, when they, when they announced this new Batman movie, which I am excited to see, I'm just confused that, that they haven't made a Batman Beyond movie. The live I, action. It feels so I ready it's, it's to just do something tough like that. To make it, it, even though it's an important part of kids who watched it, it's not like a known thing. Like the comic books for Batman Beyond never yeah. sell that well. It, it it weirdly feels like, oh yeah, it was really important, but it also is such a tiny hiccup in the other than protecting the IP. What what's in it for Warner Brothers? Why make Batman Beyond? Right just make batman it's more likely that they would do something like into the spider-verse right like miles morales is also a tough sell right. in the sense that well we already have spider-man why well, do a different spider-man if we're gonna make a spider-man movie let's do the main one that everybody knows why well, introduce everyone to this new character yeah. that's sort of a harder sell and it's sort of a weirder thing uh but when you do it right it works so, but but yeah, Warner Brothers right. has shown that they don't do things right. So you just need someone who's really passionate <laughs> about that character who has an idea that can sell it to an audience that's never heard of it. Right, and that's, that's tough. True. Yeah, I just I'm waiting for the Spider Verse of Batman. Yeah. I'm ready for a complete reinvention. Yeah, yeah. Batman Beyond's probably the best example. But, Batman Beyond's also got a lot of Spider-Man DNA in him, so he could work. Yeah. 
Uh, Will. Yeah. Well, do, I mean, do you? No, no, oh, no. Ask ahead, your question. Then. Oh, I was just going to ask if you had anything else in regards to this movie that you, you want to discuss, because I think I've covered all my stuff. Um, I think I talked about everything uh, I have. If I could grow hair, I would carve a bat signal into it. Um, well, what do you think of the video game, Batman video games? They're terrific. Oh, my gosh. They're influential and inst they're amazing. And Mark Hamill plays the Joker in them. Yeah. Micah loves those. Uh, and I love watching them. Yeah. Kevin so Conroy's fun. voice yeah. is Batman. Oh, yeah. Me. It's their, they were immersive and totally affecting and thrilling experiences. Uh, I read a ton of comics. And when I read comic books, if, if, when I'm reading a Batman comic, Kevin Conroy's voice comes into my head. I'm like, oh, they got his voice right. Uh, and mm, same thing yeah. with Mark Hamill Joker. That doesn't happen as much, but for a while it felt like every comic I read was like, yeah, this could be Kevin Conroy reading this and it would work. Cause it just like that imprinted so perfectly for so long between Justice Leagues and, and Batman cartoons and everything, and these video games. Um, Kevin Conroy, oh, and Mark Hamill. Love it. What would what would you both uh recommend as like a for anyone who hasn't jumped into a Batman comic book, Batman what, what Year would One be a good one to start. Yeah, Batman with? Year One. It's called Batman okay. Year One by Frank Miller and Dave Mazzuchelli. It's only four uh, issues. It's only four one. issues. It's a real quick read. Um, yep. It's fun, lean, mean, beautiful. It's a perfect comic. It book. is one of the best comic books. Oh. Uh, one of the best superhero ever comic done. books ever made. Uh, yeah. When I lend it to people, uh, uh, my story is always that they always say when I after they finish, they're like, "Give me something else like this," and I'm like, "Well, there's nothing else like this. This is this is <laughs> as good as it gets." I'm, I started yeah. you with the the best thing. No contest. Oh wow, um, that's that's the I'll have to read. I I've, I've read um two like night. I've read Nightfall like two of the volumes, mm -hmm. and they're great. Oh yeah, that's fun. Um, and then I read The Killing Joke. Right. That's oh yeah, yeah. And Long Halloween. Oh yeah, you've read that. If you too. like Long yeah. Halloween, that's like my comic book. Great. If you like Long Halloween, you're gonna yeah. love Year One. Long Halloween okay, cool. is basically okay. cool. made by people who liked Year One a lot. <laughs> okay, awesome. so. yeah, Long Halloween is maybe my favorite of the Batman stuff I've read. Sure. I mean, I've read much more Spider Man. I haven't read a whole well, lot of Batman, uh, but I you're gonna you're it. gonna love Year One. I, I, I okay, well, we'll do it. I, I will buy it from you if you don't like it when it's done when you're done reading it yeah <laughs> we'll, re we'll reimburse you if you don't i'm like so it. sure you'll enjoy it that money is safe <laughs> i'm gonna spend all my money so i it'll bankrupt me if you do ask for that money that's how sure i am that you'll <laughs> okay okay <laughs> well um yeah do you do you two have anything to plug yes our, i mean of course your podcast that's all we have to plug our podcast screw it we're just going to talk about comics we do this kind of bs for the whole time about different it's comics, so and uh, please check it out. And we, yeah, we're about we're to, doing uh, a season on Secret Wars right now, which is this 1980s crossover, really fun, um, commercially huge, critically tolerated series that we adore. And uh, yeah, and we're about to launch into a season in a little bit with a bunch of cool guests. Some of them will just be funny comedians. Some of them will be comic creators. Uh, it should be a fun season. Yeah. Oh, cool. Sweet. I will, yeah, I'll, I will, I'll keep on reading through Spider Man. I mean, listening through Spider Man, and then I'll, I'll get going on the Secret Wars because what, what I was excited about is in your podcast is you've covered quite a few portions by now because you've been doing it for several years, mm -hmm. and so now I kind of know because I pretty much only know about Spider Man, uh -huh. and so this gives me a chance to go, oh, cool, they covered this series. I could check that out and learn more about 
because I just love comic books, but you know, it's it's a daunting task to yes. jump into. Yeah, there's stuff. so much. We ended up covering year one no. too, so uh, we weren't going to, and then uh, we oh, covered an issue with cool. somebody else, and then we had to finish it uh, because we got so excited yeah. talking about it. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Sweet. So that's what that's what you have to do. Um, our our guests. Yeah. <laughs> or I mean, our uh, listeners. Listeners, not our guests. I mean, we're we're, guests. we're biased, yeah. of course, but we think the um, comics we cover on our podcast are good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So. And as far as us, um, I think I think this is coming out in March, and my album Imbalances has been out for a year. So yeah. audience, go back and listen. <laughs> it's been a year. What's your album? A year. Wor- it's called Imbalances, and it's uh, my name. Oh, cool. Is the artist, and it came out the week before the stay at home order. No, so the it- week of. Oh yeah, how you played your show when our governor was like, "Everyone, no, don't go to work <laughs> anymore." Yeah, like like a couple days after, and it was like. That was before we kind of knew what was happening. Yeah, so, yes, yes. Um, and so it was a perfect time to go on tour for the album. <laughs> um, <laughs> By which you mean you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but um, yeah, so so audience, go back and give it a listen. It's, it's, uh, I still love that album. <laughs> After a year, I still good, like good. it. Uh, that's great. I'll check it out. <laughs> oh, that would be cool. Yeah, let me know what you think. I'll send you a scathing um, but review. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> thanks for listening or thanks for coming on you yes, two. Thank you I'm, so much. I mean, we had Morpheus the Dream Lord on. Yes, <laughs> one that? of our favorite CBB characters. <laughs> thank you. Yes. I love getting I love getting to do it. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. always jump when your name's on the list and on Monday morning. I forget the character's name, but it's a little bit more recent one that you've done where you work at John Hopkins or something. Uh yeah, uh Stanley Chamberlain. Um <laughs> I had this whole other I've told Kevin about this. I had this whole thing planned for that character and just in an offhanded mention that he went to medical school. Um, I mentioned what I meant to say was at orientation. And then for some reason I said at initiation and John Gabrus, who was a guest and good friends with Kevin jumped on that. He's like initiation. You had like a ritual. And then I just yeah. felt compelled to yes. And to be like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A ritual. And then that was the next Half an hour was me off the seat of my pants trying to make up this satanic <laughs> ritual that this guy had gone through. Oh, I mean, man. I literally was just following Gabrus and Ackerman. Uh, maybe yeah. Ben Rogers was on that episode too. And just like whatever they told me to, I was just trying to say yes to any question they answered. But I was completely underwater for that whole episode. Just oh, it was so funny. Barely. It, was, it made up. the best ofs. Yeah, I think I was so proud. I didn't make the best ofs for Comedy Bang. I was so legitimately thrilled. I mean, I doing Bang Bang is a is a joy no matter what. But I normally am not able to swing with the huge heavy hitters on that show. But that was a happy accident where it like crested to the top of viewers list, and I was like so excited. Uh, Vulture Vulture did like their favorite Comedy Bang Bang characters, and they put Stanley Chamberlain in their list, and I was like, it it shouldn't count. I didn't mean mean to do this character. I was literally just <laughs> following Gabrus and Ackerman, just but it was fun. Oh man, that's those so are funny. always our favorites because when you can tell, when you can hear, especially when Scott Ackerman is just like busting a gut because he can't believe that whatever was planned just got thrown out. Yeah, the window, he loves it. Is always loves the funniest he is, stuff. He is a truly like brilliant um, point guard in that respect. I, I'm on the I'm on the show that comes out tomorrow. Uh, Comedy Bang. Oh, cool. Bang as we're recording this. So it will already be like a month old by the time this episode is released. And I had something in mind and immediately it gets like <laughs> sidelined Im- immediately. Cool. And it was, uh, it was really fun. I love it. 
Awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to listen to it. Yeah. But uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah. And we're, we're big fans and we'll keep on listening to your podcast. Yeah, so much. Sending you listener mail as we, as we go along. Please do. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. Well, hopefully we can have you on another time, yeah. too. Yeah. Enjoy, enjoy all the movies you're yeah. going to watch. Thanks for having us. Enjoy the rest of the yeah. franchise. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try. <laughs> all right. See you later, audience. Next week is Batman Returns. Micah Jordan Get